0: Welcome back to Pastor's Prophecy Hour, your midweek installment of the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm Landon, and as you may know with Pastor's Prophecy Hour, we like to look into things going on in the world, because often it relates one-to-one with what we see in biblical prophecy, and this episode is no different. Pastor Andrew, what are we going to be talking about in this episode?
1: Well, Landon, it feels like we're getting weirder and weirder. You know, the thing that makes a conspiracy a conspiracy is that it ends up not being true. But you and I both know that given time, a lot of conspiracies end up being true. So, we're gonna talk about things are not what they seem. We're gonna go through some of those things. Some geography stuff. Antarctica, maybe? Really? The long-awaited Antarctica investigation? That's right, you're gonna be blown away at what they found at the South Pole. No conspiracy, it's legit stuff, video proof. So the listeners need to make sure they check out the links with all the video and the pictures. It's gonna be a fun one.
0: I know a lot of people have been waiting for that. So let's get into it.
1: Let's do it, thanks. any bad news I just have weird news this week and um, I, I was even talking to somebody before I said you know there was a whole lot of food shortage news that had come out recently and I was reading some statistics and I'm like, I like, already talked about that food shortages is old news earthquakes and some earthquakes going on there's some floods wow there's a lot of war and different things happening all over the world but we already talked about all that. Can I just tell you, it's all still happening and we just need to be ready. So you ready to get weird? And just so you know, we're gonna talk about some, some far out things, but we're gonna end with scripture to make sure you get something out of it, all right? Now, how many of you guys know what makes a, a conspiracy theory a conspiracy theory? No evidence? No evidence? Doesn't endorse by the mainstream? Sure. (laughs) They label it. Nowadays, a conspiracy theory is something that never is true. So if it's a conspiracy theory, it's a conspiracy because it's a fantasization of something. They're they're putting something out there. But here lately, conspiracy theories have come around and become true and they're no longer conspiracy theories. Case in point, read recently that apparently the flu's back. After two years, there've been no flu. Well, it's back. So, um, (laughs) apparently that's news to everyone nowadays. But given long enough, conspiracies are kinda like prophecies in a sense of given long enough, we either find out that they are actually true, or they were never true in the first place. So you have self-professed prophets that will say, I prophesy this, or I guess that, or this date is coming and that's what's gonna happen. And What happens is the date comes and it doesn't happen. And we look back and say, well, that prophecy wasn't true. One of the things about our nation is they have this thing called classified. But there's a statute of limitations on things that are classified. In other words, after a certain number of years, things go from classified to unclassified. We've talked about UFOs in here before. We've talked about that craziness and how all of that is now unclassified. We talked about how that might be the thing that the media or the new world order or whoever, they might use that to explain away the rapture of the church. We talked about that. So in order for them to say aliens, they have to make aliens believable before they say aliens. You with me so far? So we're gonna talk about a few things tonight. I'm gonna share with you some facts. I'm gonna share with you some ancient information and even some more modern information to give you an insight about this idea. What we're talking about this time is things are not what they seem. Things are not what they seem. We wanna get some insight and comparison about our perception versus our reality. How does that fit into prophecy hour? Because if we have been duped for years to believe things that now we know are not true, then how much more so could the next generation, should the Lord tarry, be fooled to believe something that is totally untrue? If the new world order or the antichrist or any of the players that happen in the end times begin to say things that are completely untrue, yet as a people, we're fashioned to believe whatever the government says or whatever the religious leaders say, then it's quick for us to say, I'll just trust what they say because it's easier for me to try to figure it out them all. Did you know that people of the spirit are to be people of discernment? So I want to give you a few things. And first, you know, but I also want to encourage you to be cautious of everything you hear. Remain vigilant in your discernment. Even if sometimes there are things that you learn that are of no consequence. From news stories to even Bible teachers. Yes, I'm putting myself into that category. If you come to Pastor's Prophecy Hour and you walk out here and say, that was weird. That was wacko. Go home and study. Go home and look it up. Go home and find out for yourself the quote-unquote truth as best as you can seek it. But there is only one truth in this world that matters, and that is the Scriptures. That is the Word of God. It does not change. It is just as dangerous to add to it as it is to take away from it. Let me get off on a little tangent here. I bought a book recently called The Book of Enoch and the book of Giants, which is something considered to be uh, not scripture, but scripture light over here. It's not, it's called Apocrypha, right? And so the reason why it's not scripture is because if you read it independent and then you put it next to scripture, there are contradictions in the, against the scriptures in that book. So do we throw it out? I would if I were you. Do you want to use it to give you a little bit of information? You probably could. But if you don't have a spirit of discernment, you're going to find yourself like a lot of these people on YouTube today that are saying, hey, listen, there were giants and they lived in this bubble in the ocean called Atlantis. Are you with me? Some of you guys are devastated that it wasn't real. I mean, it could be. I don't know sounds pretty wonderful I saw the little mermaid I think I feel maybe (laughs) we have to be people of discernment let me let me I've got tonight is in three sections section one (laughs) the illusion of elections And before you think you know where I'm going (laughs) I'm going to year 2000 and if you were around in the year 2000, I'm looking around, all you guys have been around way longer than that. Um, <laughs> like, wow, man, is mean. Uh, the results of the presidential race in the year 2000 were close and that's an understatement. Ending in a tie of 242 to 242 electoral votes. The presidency would be decided on the last state which was Florida. Many votes had gone in favor of then George W. Bush and Gore, Al Gore was his opponent. And Al Gore found himself ready to concede and then something happened. Bush's lead started going down. He only had a lead of 1,700 votes out of six million that were cast in the state of Florida. In this close call, Florida law said, we gotta do a recount. So, the recount started. Bush only gained 300 additional vote, votes from the previous tally. And 17,000 votes were actually discarded because the senior citizens of Florida couldn't understand the ballot. That's pretty mean if you ask me. It was a new ballot. They had marked it incorrectly, so they threw out 17,000 votes. There was also some discarded votes and they had something on it. Can anybody remember what those discarded votes were? were? Hanging, chads. hanging chads. Here we are. Hanging chads. You remember the news station? You see here, this is a hanging chad. You see here, it's got a little dimple on it and it's hanging out. Anyway. Al Gore went to the Supreme Court, manual vote. But ultimately what happened is Bush got the lead and won by 537 votes. He refused to concede for such uh, for quite a few time and then Supreme Court appeals and so on and so forth but at the end of the day Al Gore being the vice president at the time actually certified the electoral college count for his opponent George W. Bush and life went on. The Democrats in our Country have objected to every electoral election vote certification since that date. 2000, again in 2004, and again in 2016. First of all for the hanging chads, and then for Ohio irregularities in the next four years. Remember that? It was all at Ohio. And then in 2016, it was alleged Russian uh, involvement and disinformation, which now we know that was uh, something that didn't exist. Republicans objected to the vote certification in 2020 due to the vote spike in the middle of the night towards Biden away from Trump. It has been calculated that during that spike, if you see Wisconsin, Michigan, and um, Pennsylvania, and um, there was one other one, Arizona, uh, in the middle of the night when counting stopped, there was a spike to the hundreds of thousands of votes that went to the other side, it was, it was calculated that over 90% of the votes that were counted in that gap went to the opponent. Pastor, are you saying the election was stolen? I'm saying elections have been stolen for years. That's what I'm saying. The illusion of elections. Now before you get into a tizzy and you wanna make poster boards and storm the Capitol, we need to understand and we need to remember two things. Number one, God and God alone decides who rules the nations. You with me? That can be our security. So even in the midst of frustration, no matter what side we find ourselves on, no matter how frustrated we might be that, quote unquote, our vote might not have counted. God and God alone decides. And the question is, do we trust him or not? Can we be upset? Sure. But we're people of the spirit. The second thing is we've got to understand is our savior is not now, nor will he ever be a politician. He doesn't get into it. Didn't get into it when he was walking the earth. Doesn't need to get into it when he comes back for the second coming. It's just, I'm in charge now. Move out of the way. Right? Right? Man, I can't wait for that day. It's coming. (laughs) It's coming. The second section we want to talk about is, well, first of all, let me go back to the the, the illusion of elections. They've done a lot of study, um, and I read quite a few articles, watched some videos, but the illusion of elections is it's got this slippery slope to it. So you find democratic nations that will move to socialists or dictatorships, but they didn't start out that way. When Hitler took over Germany, did you know that he just kind of positioned himself in charge and then demanded a vote a week later to confirm his power? Did you know that? As a matter of fact, he made everybody do their democratic duty to vote him in as the dictator of this new socialist party, the Third Reich. He sent out Brown shirts, he sent out the SS into the streets at 6 a.m. Waking up people, get out here and vote. Here's what the referendum looked like. Quote, if you love your country and believe that we have a great leader, vote yes. No second option. See, the thing is they did a study on dictators and how dictators stay in power and dictators that stay in power longer have elections. And some of them have elections with open uh, discussion and people coming against them because they want to have this illusion. Now what happens is they did this, I believe it was in, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's in South America. No, it was Azerbaijan. That's not South America. Azerbaijan did this big push for an open and free election. They said, as a matter of fact, we're gonna make it easy so everybody can vote, and this was in recent years. We're gonna get an app, and you're gonna be able to vote on your phone, your iPhone, and everybody can vote because we want everybody to be involved. Here's the problem. The day before the election, the results went to everybody's phone. Uh Uh-oh. Never mind, (laughs) right? I mean, it was a valiant effort. Now, am I saying that we shouldn't be involved in the democratic process? No, we're not gonna become Jehovah's Witnesses and not vote or celebrate birthdays. I like celebrating birthdays. But what I am saying is sometimes we get a little too caught up in it right we should care you know for years they have said that the elections that need to be won are not at the highest level they're in the most local level and can I tell you that's the way the devil is winning is one school board seat at a time how in the world are school boards approving the curriculum that's in our schools today? Because school boards have been won by activists that want to put sexuality and gender studies and fluidity of gender in the kindergarten and first grade curriculums. I met one of our parents that put their kid into our Greater Life Academy today and I was talking to him out here at dinner. And uh, actually was, it, was it was the grandmother Nancy and uh, the little guy was running around and he said what'd you learn at school today I learned Jesus loves me hey that's a school experience we can build on in recent days there have been leaks video leaks of school staff principals and district personnel saying that they will not hire people that have any religious leaning at all It's been leaked and the people, they're deleting their LinkedIn and their Twitter and they're they're trying to hide. But at the end of the day, this is real. The illusion of elections, simply I want you to be reminded that God is still in control, we need not fret, but we also do need to be engaged. Can I tell you, I actually took, uh, during this weird time of my life, how many of you guys were here Sunday? I wasn't here so I don't know, you could lie but then you'd have to pray about it later and get forgiven. <laughs> so I shared a story that I, there was a time in my life where I felt like maybe I'm not supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to be moving on to something else. And I explored going back into the military. They said, you're too old. And I said, okay, well, I guess that's not it. And I actually, actually called the North Carolina State Republican Party to see so how much can I make if um, <laughs> I actually called them. Didn't feel like that was what I needed to do. Can I tell you there's a problem when our politicians go in dirt poor and come out filthy rich? I, I know they need a fair salary, but come on. Anyway, where am I at? Oh, okay. Section two. Modified history. Let's get weird for a minute. Go ahead and play that video with all the buildings and stuff. So there's going to be a bunch of pictures that come up and I'm just going to talk to you about it. The Great Mud Flood, Tartaria Reset Civilization. Now, these pictures are going to come up and basically there's an idea out there. Now that one's just an artist rendering. But you're going to see a lot of pictures of a subterranean world. So you see these buildings that are on top of the ground and all over the world they have found as they're unearthing and building other buildings that there are not just basements but literal stories doorways windows under the ground remember the easter island guys they discovered they have whole bodies they got the easter island heads well they have a whole body and they stuck them in the ground but what happened is they didn't stick them in the ground they actually put them on the ground and geologists and archaeologists have figured that there was a mud flood that have buried them up to their heads some of these are pretty drastic you see the uh the the building there and you could see on the bottom slide see a whole nother level so they basically just moved the door to the top it's a cut out window oh well we can't go in that door anymore yeah keep going I don't know if you stopped it or not, but it looks like you did. Now that one, I have my doubts. That just looks like bad architecture. (laughs) But it does look like they boarded up some windows and things like that. See that brick? That's an old doorway and you've got these windows. Now, while we're looking at that, what what in the world does this have to do with anything? Well, if there was a quote-unquote mud flood or Um, I saw a movie not too long ago, you can keep looking at the pictures, not too long ago called The Impossible, and it was about the tsunami that happened in, um, what nation was that? Indonesia? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's it, anyway. So, So there was this great flood that happened and it buried buildings, of course it buried lots of stuff, but it buried buildings and so if there was a tsunami or earthquake type event in history, that it would first of all wipe out people, right? Now I'm not talking about Noah's Flood. Noah's Flood did the job on everything. So in Noah's Flood, there obviously wasn't the Ritz Carlton Hotel that has three floors below the street level. You see this building, it's like, either they made a mistake, (laughs) right? I mean, to me, all of these look like when they first built it, this thing goes down three floors. As they dug into it. This is in Russia. There's a picture of a church that's showing you some more windows. Now, one of the things that skip past see if you can skip like past it a little bit. Yeah, there's there's gonna be a real big one. Yeah, okay. So they're discovering not just floors, but entire buildings under other buildings. See the doorway? This is the top of a building. Yeah, keep going, keep going, don't go back. Look at this. Why is that important? Because I've never heard of a mud flood, have you? Did you learn about that in school? Did you learn that there's buildings all over the world that have literally half the building under the ground? I haven't. I mean, there's another thing that they've got, and now, granted, this, this is a, at first as I was looking at that, I was like, that's a conspiracy theory, that's crazy. But there's a thing called Tartaria. It was a nation that had a lot of um, technology, a lot of buildings, they've done study of the different buildings that they had in the world. And the different ways and the structures that they were built and they did the technology study of back in the in those days hundreds of years ago would they be able to build these types of things with great measure this is just a i have no idea what that is i don't know where that came from they found that's a good example they found structures like this in the middle of nowhere in south america like there was a city that used to be how many you guys know about the aztec the mayan ruins all these kinds of things but they have these structures all over the world where who lived here and historically and historians don't know they're like we don't know what that building's doing out there we don't have any record of anybody that ever lived out there now i said tartaria is just a yeah that's stupid that's a that's a hoax but then i found out that tartaria is related to the bolsheviks in russia and how many guys know russia's big and how many of you guys know that they like to spread all over Europe as much as they can? My point to you is this: that we don't really know what we think we know. Things are not as they seem. So if there was a super continent or even a superpower in years gone by that would build these massive structures that a flood literally a rising of the earth literally wiped out these structures or buried them then shouldn't that be something in our history books archaeologists will go to the middle east and find stuff about scripture here's the maps of tartaria as you can see here on the left side these are maps from the 1800s and even before lots of different maps So it's on that Russia side, see? There's the, uh, the crest and the flag. Oh, what is that on that? A dragon? Hmm, interesting. All right, I think we can skip over that. Anyway, they have records going back to the finances and different things of a nation called Tartaria. What does that mean about Prophecy. If if they can hide something this significant, first of all, who's hiding it and why? Secondly, why do we care? Because we need to be people of the Spirit and discern what's happening right now and not get lost in what we hear from our world powers, so to speak. Does that make sense? I don't know about you, but the more the world can be at war, the more money the politicians put in their pocket. You know that? Which brings me to my second thing, the modified history idea, something called Operation Paperclip. It was declassified in the mid-90s. What they found out was there were thousands of Nazi scientists and intelligence officers that were hired to work for the U.S. government. They avoided any type of criminal consequences because they signed on to be intelligence officers with the U.S. government. In 1946, they brought in engineers. In 1945, they brought in a prominent general named Richard Galhan. Richard Galhan gave them, uh, he was the leader of the Soviet front. He gave them uh, information about the Soviets. They found out that 90% of what he said was baloney. They allowed him to build his own team of spies and you know what he did? He hired a bunch of other Nazis, paid them, and pretty much was given carte blanche from the US government. This is declassified, real stuff. Not only that, they brought in another engineer named Rudolph, Arthur Rudolph who designed the Saturn rocket that eventually took us to the moon, supposedly. Where's Billy? <laughs> there you are. She gets so mad at me when I do that. <laughs> I talked to her before church. Uh, David said, Billy got in the car, said we gotta go to another church. If he don't believe we landed on the moon, we gotta go. <laughs> it don't matter. It's funny. Okay. Here's the point, Arthur Rudolph was responsible for 20,000 deaths of Jewish people that were forced to work in tunnels on the rocket project that he was working for for Hitler. They were promised not to be prosecuted as war criminals. Another man named Klaus Barbie, also known as the Butcher of Lyon, was brought in as an intelligence officer. Now the reason why they hid this from the people is, duh, In the 70s, a a New York congresswoman started to dig up some information and there was still a lot of classified stuff, so she couldn't find out anymore. And now in the 90s, it's declassified and they found out that there were not just hundreds but thousands of Nazi war criminals that were hired by the US government. Operation Desert Storm, something a little bit more modern. We went into Iraq, why, you remember? Weapons of mass destruction. There weren't any, but you know what was there? A lot of it, oil. What is is the point? The point is we are to be in the world because we have to, but not of it, not of it. You see, the governments of the world do not get it right much of the time, including our own government. I'm a patriot. I love the nation that I live in. God bless America. I believe that as long as we're blessing Israel and we're, uh, and we're being a nation that's devoted to God, then I believe that the Lord's blessing will rest upon this nation. But every day we move further and further away from that path. So I need to tell you, my devotion is to God and God alone. And as long as my nation is in line with him, then I can be devoted to my nation. But the moment my nation goes against God, I'm picking team God every time. Every time. All right, here's a weird one. The next video clip, I think they're in a plane or something. In 1946, there was a, something called Operation High Jump. This is a guy named Admiral Byrd, General, uh, Admiral Byrd. Robert Byrd was his name. He was the leader of this operation. He's flying over Antarctica, the South Pole. How many of you guys know that's covered in ice? Here's what they discovered. He is over the Shackleton ice shelf, named for the great English explorer who kept returning to the Antarctic until death so often escaped kept its rendezvous. This is government footage that's been declassified. Rocks, dark rocks. The ice stops. attacks appear above the ice. Then rugged mountain ranges as far as the eye can see. Bunger leans forward in amazement. His eyes have caught a sudden and unbelievable change in scenery. The universal white is turned to chocolate brown dotted with blue. A cameraman goes into action. 300 square miles of land without snow. Land that might be in New Mexico or Arizona. Pictures alone will prove Bunger has discovered a warm oasis in the shadow of the pole. They actually go down and they measure the temperature of the water. They of course go down and walk around on land. They find out that this is a 300 square mile oasis where life, uh, animals, nature, leaves, trees, plants are thriving in Antarctica. Why don't we know about it? Well, we do now. Yeah. I'm gonna plant a church there. <laughs> <laughs> <Nelson> South. <laughs> yeah, South. <laughs> His last name is B Y R D, so you know I know the guy who found it. You know what? If I put one there, I'm calling it Bird Memorial. That's what I'm doing, Bird <laughs> Memorial. For him, not me, by the way. There are so many other things and and if you get into the weeds on it, you'll find that there's conspiracies a mile long. So I, I didn't get into those. But the point is, things are not what they seem. Our responsibility in James chapter 3, 17 through 18 is to have godly wisdom. 1 Corinthians 2.14 reminds us that we are to have wisdom that comes from the Spirit. Romans 12.9, love must be sincere. We are to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Philippians 1.10, so that you may be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Section number three, I want to just touch on this and then I've got a couple minutes and I'm going to end with a big hoo-ha of a video. That's only 24 seconds long. Section number three, the tribulation versus the great tribulation. We've talked about the rapture. We've talked about the tribulation. What we need to be reminded right now is that the great tribulation happens in the second three and a half years after the rapture. The first three and a half years is not considered the great tribulation but the tribulation sometimes known as jacob's trouble in the tribulation of the first three and a half years we find the seals and the trumpets those sound pretty bad to me you i don't know how much greater it could be but as we look through revelation we discover that the trumpets and the seals are bad but they're not as bad as it's going to get when we go into the bowls of wrath. We learn in uh, some of the minor prophets, Amos and Obadiah, we learn about end times prophecy. Amos chapter five talks about the day of the Lord in verse 18 and in verse seven through 12, chapter eight. We talk about the restoration of Israel in Amos chapter nine. Obadiah talks about the day of the Lord in the future. And in Obadiah chapter one, there's only one chapter there, verse 19, it talks about the possession of Edom by Israel. Now, I wanna pause right here and bring it into this idea. Edom, in Obadiah, talks about Israel occupying. I think I have a picture of what that, uh, the, the nation of Israel and all that. Yeah, so, so check this out. Ezekiel 38 talks about Gog and Magog, the war that will happen, or the battle that will happen uh, in the end times. Right after the rapture, by the way, this battle happens of Gog and Magog, and in Ezekiel 38, it lists all these other nations. They all come against Israel right? So this is one idea of what these nations are. We see Russia, we see Europe is Gomer, we see Syria to Gomorrah, you know Persia was changed their name is now Iran, Ethiopia to the south and so on and so forth. There's another uh, one that's a little bit, it's blurry but it's a little bit easier to see. So you've got these different nations that are going to come against Israel. How could it be that Israel, if it's prophesied in Obadiah, is going to occupy the old land of Edom. Edom is south of Israel, almost like down there in Saudi Arabia, right? How? Well, draw a, so if that dot where it says Israel's a sinner, you want to draw a square as big as Sudan down there all the way around that or even a little bit bigger you got half of Egypt in the coastline you got Jordan you got Iraq even into Iran you've got all the way up to Syria and Turkey you've got half of Saudi Arabia that's God's original promised land so if Obadiah says Israel's going to occupy all of that restored how well Two times Israel has been attacked since 1948 when they were born, and both times they've been given land as a buffer in the peace treaty so they would not be attacked from that person. West Bank, Gaza Strip. So all these people attacked, then what do you think is going to happen? Hey, Israel, you got all this land to give you a buffer, but that peace treaty, guys, is only going to last for three and a half years. Because that peace treaty is written up by the Antichrist, which brings me to the last video. Show that.
0: From, uh, you know, the last year, the one thing I've tried to put a priority on since I left the White House was, you know, getting some exercise in. I think that there's a, a good probability that my generation is, hopefully with the advances in science, either, you know, the, the, the first generation to live forever or the last generation that's going to die. And so uh, we need to keep ourselves in, in pretty
1: good shape. How many of you guys know who that is? Who is it? Jared Kushner. What did Jared Kushner do a few years ago? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) He he worked a peace treaty, the Abrahamic Accords. uh, He worked a peace treaty, which is huge. Huge. He got Arab nations to agree to fly over and allow Israel and the commerce and all of that. Huge. Is that the peace treaty? that is the beginning and the antichrist? No. No, it's not. It needs to be a much better peace treaty. My point is this. It is weird to me that he's saying that. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I've never. Now, that man would be cool if we could put our brains in a thing and then and, and be a robot the rest of our. I've never, I've never, I know they freeze people. I know they do that stuff nowadays. Did you know that? It's like Terminator stuff happening right now. Anyway, I know. I know they're trying to clone. They're trying to do all this. I know it. I've never heard anybody that was kind of in their right mind say something like this with a straight face. Hey, you know, I'm just trying to be my best, keep in shape, exercise, because I'm going to live forever, you know? And the guy didn't say anything. I mean, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling like when that conversation with other guy's like, hey, listen, give me a number of your guy, because I want to call your guy. <laughs> the pride of humanity. Why do they want to live forever here? Because they don't have hope in what's next. They know that death and destruction comes next, or they feel like they don't exist at all, because they haven't, received the hope that comes in Jesus. So Jared Kushner finds his salvation in figuring out a way to live forever. And apparently he thinks exercise is gonna do that. (laughs) Couldn't see that happening. Every time I exercise, I'm sore. Anyway. (laughs) Oh gosh. It's silly, but it's a perfect place to end because right now, I've always told you I'm never gonna say that person's the Antichrist or that person's the Antichrist but I just wanted to play that video for you so you can see crazy town in in the first person. And understand that if he's saying that, others will follow. And as audacious as that statement is, it's only going to get crazier and worse. So when we look at history and we say, history is hiding all of these significant events, and we look at our government and they hide things like Operation Paperclip and High Jump, they hide these things and then you watch the news and they say, trust us. Or, or we look at the world government and say, we've got a plan for you to live forever. Be people of the spirit now can i bless you with one last thing you don't have to worry about me next week i'll be gone pastor anthony's gonna be teaching pastors prophecy hour it's gonna be lit gonna be awesome you know what you're gonna do yet prophecy amen (laughs) amen it's gonna be good all right god bless you let's pray Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the opportunity we have to come together for this wonderful group of people. Pray you would just bless us, give us your favor in everything that we put our hands to. And God, may we be faithful to you. May we be people of the Spirit and people of discernment. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a five-star rating and review. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to Pastor's Prophecy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you'd like to hear more from Greater Life Church, including our Sunday morning services, go to our website, greaterlife.church.